Today we are getting into the best of Chargers OTA so far, including Justin Herbert already throwing after offseason surgery and already getting some chemistry with first round pick Quentin Johnston. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen and to make sure you never miss the show. Go follow or subscribe for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcasts. David, what do we got today? Today, we are going to jump into the latest out of OTAs. Justin Herbert building some chemistry with Quentin Johnston, the defense winning the day, and the Bash Brothers back together, Bosa and Mac making their appearance at OTAs and what that means for the Chargers. I know we're all excited to see those two back together, but it sounds like they're just as excited. But the first thing that stood out to me was just Justin Herbert being on the field throwing, which is something we weren't sure we were going to see after getting surgery on his non-throwing shoulder during the offseason. It was great to just see him out there because there are a couple things, David, I think come along with that, including him getting that, first of all, just relationship with his new coaches, right? He has a new offensive coordinator a new quarterbacks coach with Doug Newsmeyer, And it was great to see them all out there together. I mean, find yourself someone that looks at you the way that Kellen Moore, you know, looks at Justin Herbert. So I think it's great to see him out there. And we also heard, you know, from Eric Williams yesterday, that is the most important position that needs to be out there during this time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's just nice to see it just there's an energy, a different energy, a new energy, kind of a happy, a lighter energy. energy. A lighter energy yeah. around the Chargers and the Chargers offense. <laughs> you can tell that they're they're excited. Justin Herbert looks excited. Kellen Moore looks excited. I mean, hey, why wouldn't you be excited with all the amazing weapons that the Chargers have at their disposal? And you got a superstar quarterback to kind of sit there and be able to dream all the concepts up that you want and you get to see Justin Herbert go out there and execute them. Absolutely. And I mean, it's funny how much you can take away from one picture and there's a Chargers, you know, picture on their social media where it's just them two kind of running up field together, just both kind of grinning ear to ear. Yeah, like skipping together, you know. Yeah, and it's hard because it's like you don't see what happens and you don't know the full extent of Of the relationships. But you do know okay, what's publicly seen? And it just didn't seem like we were seeing a lot of that with Joe Lombardi and Justin Herbert. Getting off to that kind of relationship. Like, Justin Herbert and Joe Lombardi, I'm sure, had a very professional relationship. I'm sure. These dudes look like they could be friends out there, right? Like, and it just, I, I think the offense is going to do so well with that energy, and it just seems like it's bringing that kind of lighter feeling to it, and it feels like that might be an easier way to kind of get in connected with Justin Herbert, right? Like, it feels like you kind of have to go out of your way to kind of make it easy on him, right? And and make it fun and, and, you know, be excited with him. And hopefully that helps him kind of build that excitement and confidence in himself. But the other thing is, David, it gets him out there earlier with a couple of new weapons and mainly Quentin Johnson, but also Darius Davis, right? Just getting out on the field and starting to throw to those guys. He's going to throw to those guys a ton. But to get them with this new offense out there kind of running routes and having him throw the ball around, I think is nice. 
It is, and it's it's very very important that they do this, especially for Quentin Johnston and Darius Davis, and of course for Justin Herbert because it's another new offense for Justin Herbert to have to learn. And obviously for Quentin and for Darius Davis as well. But anytime you can get that extra time with your quarterback, even if it's just catching passes, we know what that did for Josh Palmer, right? Josh Palmer used to stay after practice all the time to catch those passes from Justin Herbert to establish that chemistry. That's what we're seeing here with Quentin Johnston and Darius Davis. They get that rare opportunity and hopefully that pays dividends. So when they do get to training camp and they're trying to kind of you know really decipher that offense and really kind of digest everything and then go out there and try to perform it that they're just that one step ahead of everyone else yeah I mean things are going to speed up when the patents come on and everything right and things will get taken to a new level up a notch so to speak and it'll be nice to have some of that chemistry I also think it'll be nice for Quentin Johnson to figure out how he's going to have to catch the ball, which is, aka, not with his body, yes. when he has someone that throws as hard as Justin Herbert does, right? <laughs> I think that that learning curve is going to be there early and often. But it's just so cool, man, just to see Justin Herbert out there throwing to Quentin yes. Johnson, seeing Quentin Johnson out of practice running routes, and kind of seeing what all the hype is about. And Daniel Popper has been talking about it since they've opened up. He put in one of his articles, right, that he looks the part so far, and you can kind of tell why the Chargers were so intrigued with taking him in round one. What he said was, Coach Brian Staley and General Manager Tom Telesco praised Johnson's size and athleticism after they drafted him in round one last month, and those traits jumped out upon seeing Johnson practice live for the first time. And I think that is something I'm very excited to see, David, is him out at training camp when I get to get out there and kind of seeing what this is. But it it sounds like he's already leaving an impression on those watching. Yeah, definitely. And, and and that's great to see. But also, I think we were kind of joking with Eric Williams uh, yesterday about how the Chargers kind of have a type uh, for the type of receivers <laughs> that they like. And Quentin Johnston definitely fits that bill. A taller guy with a big catch radius, a, a very athletic type of player. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited for what he's going to be able to bring to this offense. Just kind of a just a different type of animal, a, a guy that, you know, when they are trying to take away that deep part of the field, and they need somebody to be able to create and to be able to get some of those extra yards on those underneath passes. Quentin Johnston is big enough to break those tackles, and he's fast enough to outrun those defenders as well. So I just, man, I, I'm just, I want to see some real football. I want to mm-hmm. see Quentin Johnston out there catching passes from Justin Herbert against the defense because I just want to see what it looks like. I want to be able to envision what that Chargers offense is going to look like under the tutelage of Kellen Moore, and with, of course, Justin Herbert and Quentin Johnston and all the other amazing weapons the Chargers have. Yeah, me too, man. It, I mean, I could just watch Quentin Johnston just do, like, the footwork drills over and over again. Like, do the ladder drill. I mean, watching that dude kind of get in and but out they, of that with his feet, I mean, you can definitely kind of see for that size, that's not something you see very often, right? Even Keenan Allen when he came in, right? Like, people forget Keenan Allen's six foot three. Yeah. Right. Like that's a thing you don't usually see, you know, footwork and things like that from receivers oh, yeah. that are that big. Just so Quentin Johnston. I mean, it just he, he does kind of move at a different speed. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that it's like when you see that out there with other NFL guys, it's like, OK, well, like it, that looks it's right. like Daniel Popper yeah. hasn't seen a bunch of players. Right. Like of Daniel Popper has seen all sorts of players live in action at different practices. He knows what a special athlete looks jo- like. Sure. Yeah. So I take a lot of. Like that, that, you know, that impacts me. You put a lot of stock in that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I put a lot of stock in that when Daniel Popper comes out and says something like that. 
And I just, I mean, even from the videos and the little bits of things I've seen, right, even just getting it from the Chargers videos, it's like, yeah, the dude definitely looks the part. And I think it's just great to see him out there getting that, you know, relationship with Justin Herbert, getting that chemistry, kind of figuring out, you know, the feel for each other, the timing of each other, because that is such an important part of going to the NFL level is just timing is so important when receivers are running routes, especially with the pass rush being as quick as it is at the NFL at this level. It's like you have to throw with anticipation. You yeah. can't anticipate where your receiver is going to be unless you know them, unless it's exactly. drilled into you, right? So, like, yeah. this is something I think that's good for both of these guys and exciting to see. But it wasn't the offense that one day one of Chargers training camp. It was the defense, and it was based on the secondary coming up and balling out, even with some lesser-known guys making some heroic plays early on at OTA. So I want to recap what's happened so far and the latest we've gotten out of OTAs after this. But first, I think you guys should make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. We have the finals coming up in basketball here pretty soon. You're definitely going to want to get in on that action because at FanDuel, you always get great promotions every day on a safe and secure app, and you always get paid instantly, and they have always have so many good things to bet on. I think that's what sets them apart is just finding entertaining bets, and they put a lot of things together for you where you have a lot of great options to choose from. And if you're over basketball, the good news is the Stanley Cup finals are coming up pretty soon. My Ice Cats are doing work getting into the finals. I know, Florida. I don't, I don't know why. We don't have time for that. But so many great bets on hockey as well, which is going to the finals, and you also have NFL futures and baseball going on as well. There's no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner, the NBA. David, we did actually get some, you know, news of things that happened at OTAs, which is hard to do because there's not a ton of coverage of OTAs, right? right? And also, thank you to everyone Going back today, and I apologize for not having Isaiah Spiller on here today, which is what we absolutely wanted to do. We were here. We were ready. It was going to happen, and then it didn't. And when there's a 90-man roster and a lot going on in that building, I get it, but it just didn't work out on their side, and we're definitely going to keep talking with them, the Chargers, that is, and get some more players on the show, no matter how we can do it, right? But that will be coming. We're sorry it's not here for you today. We did everything we possibly could to make it happen, but... You're everydayers, so you already know we always have good stuff coming. We had a couple other great interviews this week, and we're going to keep it going next week as well and tomorrow. Right? It's Fan Mail Friday, so make sure you're getting your questions in on Twitter at LockdownLAC and also hitting up the voicemail line for Fan Mail Friday at 323-524-7924. But Chargers team writer Eric Smith did put out some notes about what happened on the Chargers' first day of OTAs when they did get into the team activities. It was the secondary that was showing out, David, and it was good to see those guys, you know, those big names, especially with the absence of J.C. Jackson, were out there making some plays on day one. Yeah, and 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 I think it's it's really encouraging, especially just the last couple of years. You felt like there's so many big stars on the Chargers defense. There's so many pieces where you feel like this unit should be very, very dominant. They should be able to really shut some teams down. And we didn't really see them be able to kind of get to that level until very, very late in the season. So to see them here in OTAs firing off the ball, making some plays, going out there, playing with some swagger, I think that is very encouraging to see. 
So what Eric Smith said happened is that the Chargers defense ended up having back-to-back-to-back pass breakups. First, it was Michael Davis against John Hightower, but then it was Asante Samuel Jr. nearly having an interception in coverage on Keenan Allen, according to Eric Smith, before Derwin James forced an incompletion going up against Keenan Allen on the ensuing play. So it's good to see those guys making plays on the back end. That's something we didn't see enough takeaways out of that unit last year, enough ball production out of that unit last year. J.C. Yeah. Jackson being injured, I'm sure, you know, played a part in that. But I do think also, you know, this defensive secondary, especially and specifically Michael Davis and Asante yeah. Samuel Jr., have just gotten better year in and yes. year out under Brandon Staley's defense. And it's nice to hopefully see both of those guys taking and even another step this year and what they can do in the secondary. But they're probably also playing against Max Duggan and Easton Stick mostly. So we won't yes. take too much away, but Completely. it is nice to see those, you know, the defense showing out early. But the defensive continuity, I think, is something that is underrated, David, because when we were talking about this, you're like, well, yeah, they should be doing that, especially against Max Duggan and Easton Stick, because yeah. I don't think Justin Herbert was out there for that part of the drills. But that is something that we haven't talked about enough, I don't think, David. Just yeah. the, the impact that the Chargers will have defensively this year. Now that there's really... Not as many, you know, starting spots. I mean, let's look at it. You have one new starter really last year. Even if John Taylor ends up starting in the slot, he started there yeah. last year at times. Right. Yeah. Louis Gilman has started at safety. Kenneth Murray has started at linebacker, right? Yeah. It's really just Eric Kendricks. He's really right. the only new guy that's going to be starting for a majority of the season. And last year you had Spash and Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Khalil Mack, Kyle Van Noy started a lot of the season. Yeah. Morgan Bryce Fox Callahan. started a lot of the season. Bryce Callahan yeah. started, right? That, I feel like, makes a difference, David. This is a lot of guys going into their second or third years under Brandon Staley, and it's nice to see that continuity paying off early. Yes, it's so very important that they don't have to worry about having to teach a bunch of new guys this very notoriously very complicated defensive system with a lot of moving parts. That way, these guys just can get up you know, get Eric Kendricks up to speed, which, hey, this guy is an all-pro linebacker who is very, very intelligent, who has been a commander, and is coming from a similar defensive system. So there should be minimal kind of, you know, learning curve there that he's going to have, you know, have to worry about. He's going to be able to step in right away and be able to be productive and to be confident in that defensive scheme. But this is what the defense should be doing. There's very limited turnover, and they should be able to understand this defense. They should be able to know where they need to be at placement-wise, and they shouldn't have to think out there. They should be able to just go out there, fly around, make plays, and that's what we are seeing here with these notes. I always think about Nick Sirianni when he had his first introductory press conference and former wide receivers coach for the Chargers, current Eagles head coach, when he's like, less thinking, play faster or something along those lines but it's true right like i think what you can take away from this right is these players are out there not trying to overthink about where they need to be or what they should be doing or what their you know role is on that particular player what their assignment is right they're just playing fast and they're getting out there and playing fast and i think that when you have a a defense like brand staley's and you've seen kind of how it's gone over these first three years let's not forget right brand staley did it with the rams year one in their defense and everyone got his feet and they were the best defense in the league right so there's only so much so many excuses you can take away and there's only so many reasons you can think this defense is going to get better obviously right without just being naive to a certain extent but right first year obviously not his players second year a lot of new faces, right? But getting more of the players who fit kind of his play style and the type yeah. of players he needs. 
Now year three, you're kind of getting a combination of both where you have some guys who have been here now for a little while and have totally kind of gotten a grasp of what the defense needs to be. Yeah. And then you have other guys, right, that have already played in the system and now are back for another season and, and can kind of hit the ground running. And, and Eric Kendricks, yeah. I'm not worried about. They've already been talking about how, you know, they, the players, I know Joey Bosa, Quill Mack talked about just how nice it is you have somebody there in the middle who's so knowledgeable he's already yeah. making his voice heard in the middle of that defense which is all yeah. really really good to hear but one guy who's an unsung hero a little bit at uh, the first day of otas was dean leonard seven three on pick from 2022 the cornerback according to eric smith dean leonard then joined in on the party of the chargers defense with strong coverage on back-to-back -back plays including one where he tipped the ball at the high point over john hightower that is nice to see david it feels like Dean Leonard is someone who we're never really factoring into the cornerback room, but how nice would it be if that dude took a step, you know, and found a way to make contributions in year two? I mean, it would be great. Uh, and like last year, we know that he was primarily brought in to make an impact on special teams. I mean, he was going to be a gunner, um, but also let's not forget, like he has the size that you like. He has the speed that you like. He showcased his ability to tackle on special teams, which that directly translates to the field on defense. Yeah. And so the prototype is there. The like attributes that you need to succeed are there for Dean Leonard. So for him to be able to show out and go out there and make a couple of plays, I think that's really good for him. And if he could figure out a way to make those plays more often and then get on the field on defense, then maybe we might have a kind of a dark horse under the radar candidate that might make some kind of an impact. I think you just like to hear about those guys making plays. Also, you know, Mark Webb almost getting an interception as well is another, you know, guy I want to highlight. Another thing I really like because of how thin that safety group is for the Chargers. So Dean Leonard making plays, really, really awesome to see that. Yeah, I mean, over six foot, ran four three in the forties, like. Yeah. He, but the thing is about him, he's always going to be an exceptionally raw prospect coming yes. out because the dude played multiple years in Canadian college football. Yeah. In Regina, Canada, so like this dude <laughs> got to Ole Miss, had to basically ride the bench his whole first year there. Got a chance to start his second year and took the, you know took advantage of it and got drafted, which is something he probably never thought would happen, given the kind of road it took him even to get to the SEC to get playing time on Ole yeah. Miss, right? I don't know, man. He could definitely be a guy that, you know, even with the Chargers this season and where they are at cornerback-wise, like Michael Davis is a free agent after this year. We yep. still have no idea what's going on with J.C. Jackson or the effectiveness of J.C. Jackson once he gets back on the field, even though yep. I think early signs are positive. Yeah. To have a dude like this in the seventh round, right, who, first of all, I think the nice thing here is it's all kind of house money from the Chargers oh, standpoint definitely. with this dude, right? Like, he's already shown he can be an impact special teams player, and that's a nice way to get defensive coaches to look at you as well. If you can come out with a strong <laughs> preseason, right, maybe he gets into that rotation. Maybe yeah. he's a guy that, with injuries, can step up and not be as big of a drop-off as, you know, seventh-round pick or the next guy up usually is. So, yeah. great to see him making plays and, and somebody – who, yeah, it would be really great if that guy could turn into something, and he's the guy we talk about as part of this Chargers defense, right? Because that's a guy who's an unknown commodity and someone who could potentially be someone down the road for them. But I do want to talk about the dynamic duo of Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack, who both got to talk to the media this week. And it's just, I think, a big sign for Joey Bosa, especially after the way his season ended, being out there with the rest of his guys and showing him that leadership. And both these dudes 
are very, very excited to get Mac on the field together. So we're going to talk about yeah. that coming up right after this. The Chargers had almost flawless attendance, according to Daniel Popper, who said the only two non-injured players, non-injured being key, that did not show up to OTAs this week were Mike Williams and Austin Eckler. And one noticeable player that was there was the big bear, Joey Bosa, out there in something where he hasn't really done a lot in the past. He usually only trains with his brother in Florida yeah. until the mandatory camp start. Last year, he was out there, right, with Khalil Mack, and it was the first time, and it was a surprise He's back out there again, David, and I think it's great to see all these guys out there, and I do think it is kind of a step in him kind of making the right moves leadership-wise being out there with his guys, even though he knows he'd probably rather be in Florida. Well, definitely, and and, and kind of like when the media asked him about, you know, <laughs> kind of what was your motivation to come out here and be out here, and he basically just said, well, the coaches wanted me to be out here, so here I am. In, in so many words, uh, obviously he was like, "Yeah, no, it's fine. You know, whatever. I, I made it happen." Yeah, I he made said Giff Smith specifically is always on him, right? Brandon yeah. is probably not allowed to actually tell him he has to go, right? right. But Giff Smith is someone you can tell has been in his ear about it. Oh, hundred percent. And Giff Smith has been his coach pretty much the entire time he's been with the Chargers, so you know that that's a guy that when he speaks. Joey Bosa is definitely listening. Well, but I think I th it matters, David, too, having, you know, not just him, but as Brandon Staley said, right, your culture is your best players in the yeah. example they set. And certainly Khalil Max sets a high standard, Derwin James. I think Joey is a part of that. Like, not all teams have their star players out there for this time. And I do think that is part of the culture shift is having big leaders and big-time players out there for this part of the season. And also, I think it's important for Joey Bosa as well. I mean, we all know how last year ended both on and off the field. So I think this is a good step for him to just kind of wash away everything that happened. Say, hey, this is a new year. I'm here. I'm committed. I am showing myself. I am showing up for my team. And this is where my focus is for this season. One most importantly, David, he's healthy. And honestly, exactly. I could just be seeing what I wanted to see, but he looked damn good, too. He, like, really he looked did, like yeah. he was in really, really good <sighs> shape. Not that he usually doesn't, but like right. all the clothes are bagging. And sometimes you can't really tell. He was looking noticeably jacked, right? He, he was talked yoked. about just how yeah. much different this kind of offseason and his routine has been now that he's out there in Florida and able to push himself alongside, you know, maybe the other best defensive player in the league right now, his brother. Nick Bosa out there in Florida. So it's great also to hear him saying how healthy he is. Even though he said that in the past, it seems like this year it feels a little different. No, it definitely feels different. And, and he, he even said he's like, hey, people walking down the street are, are feeling something. Like sure. nobody is 100% healthy. But he basically said, hey, like this is the first time that I was able to actually train the way I need to and be able to run the way I need to and not have to worry about if I have to take a day off from my legs and and not be able to train the way I want. He's been able to stay on his strict routine and he definitely looks good. And I've said it a million times over the off season and I will say it again now. A healthy Joey Bosa is a gigantic difference maker. He is a guy that will truly be able to transform the way your defense looks because of how he impacts the game. If he is healthy, and not only just healthy, but healthy with that other killer, Khalil Mack, on the other side, like that is the whole vision, Daniel. That is what the Chargers wanted. That's why they decided to take care of those contracts for another year, kick that can down the road, because they want to see what this dynamic duo is capable of doing on that football field. 
And both of them expressed that, right? Just not feeling like they really got a chance to do it last year. And I think just, you know, everyone talks about just what individually they can do when they're both out there together. I know that sounds kind of oxymoronic, but like sure. having each other on the other side helps, you know, and individually in their own matchups right yeah. like because they're getting better matchups they're getting less double teams all of those things for sure but what joey bosa was talking about is it actually can help them kind of trick offensive lines and quarterbacks potentially too because he said once we get more reps and more time together it'll be starting that non-verbal communication out there we'll really get a feel for each other when a guy is going high a guy is going low i think we have the opportunity to really get a special spot between us too David, that is something that you don't think about very often is these two kind of playing off of each other. Instead yeah. of having to walk up and be like, all right, hey, I'm going deep. You cut back and spin inside, and then he's going to try to step up in the pocket, and you're going right. to be right there to smash him, right? Like, yeah. to have those things kind of built into your relationship, I think is going to be great. And it feels like, David, both of these guys feel like there's unfinished business here. Oh, yes. The 100,000% they feel this way. They know that... When they were on the field together, they were dynamic and they were able to make an impact. I mean, you look at the stats, they say it very, very clearly. So when these guys are able to get on the field, they understand the psychology and they're very smart, intelligent players. They're not just trying to go up there with brute force and and, and just try to get after the quarterback. No, they Sometimes have a Cleo plan. Is, but yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, but that's part of the plan, though. It's part of the psychology sure. behind being a pass rusher is, hey, I've been trying to set this guy up going underneath, 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 and now I'm going to go around him. Like th Those are things that come with time, and with them being able to play together, they're going to be able to feel out those uh, offensive tackles that they're go going up against, and then they're going to really be able to set things up, be able to play some games, be able to kind of do some twists and stunts. And, I mean, man, they can get really, really creative. And once they really get that chemistry down and they get that nonverbal communication, watch out, man. They're going to be able to terrorize some quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, most of Cleo Mack's sacks, you know, of his eight came when Joey Bosa was out there healthy. And, I mean, yeah. I think when you're looking at these guys, I mean – Cleo Mack was asked specifically, has anyone really seen what you two can do together? And he said, not even close. I think that's just, you know, it was three games last year and Bosa was injured. We just can't wait to get out there or just can't wait to get out there with this guy. Not to talk too much, but get to work, right? Yeah. So I think that kind of shows you where they're at. I mean, he also talked about you know, that's one thing that ever since the bad loss of Jacksonville that they've been saying, like, give me one more chance. Cleo yeah. Mack wants one more chance with this team right and being at kind of the top of his game still or being close to it yeah to get back to the playoffs and make up for what happened last year and i think that is a sour taste that is in a lot of chargers players mouths and something that won't be forgotten anytime soon and even though it might not be their sole motivation right hopefully even if it's not totally a motivating factor and joey both said like hey if you need extra motivation to come play in this level like you probably yeah. shouldn't be here, right? Like right. You should be internally motivated. But yes. what it can do, though, is keep you more attention to detail oriented, right? Oh, yeah. It can make you sweat the little things a little bit more because you know how important it is and you know how quickly it can get snatched away. And I think both these guys are fueling their NFL mortality a little bit. And both yeah. these guys just want a chance to go out there and be considered the best pass rush duo in the NFL. And we all know. Yeah. That could be the case. I mean, they have it, right? And yes. both of them also feel really old because they have 20-year-old Thule Thule <laughs> out there. Neither of one of those guys wanted to talk about the young buck because both of them both of them are starting to feel their age once that 20-year-old comes into this thing. Cleo Mack was like, I was 23 
when I got into the NFL, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just a different time now, and it truly yeah. is. So yeah, it's going to be exciting to see how he learns from those two old grizzled vets and how they kind of take him under their wings, respectively. But excited, man. I mean, these two yeah. dudes are excited to be back out there together. It seems like they really have built an on- and off-field relationship, and both yes. of them talked about that a little bit. You know, just they seem like they're actually friends. Yes. When you have two, you know, potential Hall of Fame, fame kind of level players getting yeah. to pick each other's brains on an everyday basis, even in OTAs, that's going to be something that I think pays dividends for the season for the Chargers. But thank you to everyone who's patient with us and understands, you know, things happen as far as interviews and promise you that we did everything we could to get it done. But the great news is there's always a show tomorrow and there will be because tomorrow is Fan Mail Friday. So make sure to hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. Or you can hit either of us up individually. You can find me on Twitter and at me at Dan Talk Sports. Or you can slide into David Drogmeyer's DMs at Drotalk SD. We want to hear what you guys think the show should be about tomorrow. And we'll be back with you guys next week as well. Even with Memorial Day on Monday, we'll be back on Monday. Probably take off Tuesday. So make sure you guys are back here for the latest comings and goings of the Chargers and the latest news as always. But to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find us on Twitter or on Instagram at Locked On Chargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But thank you guys so much for being here today, even without Isaiah Spiller. And we promise we're going to try our best to get him back on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow for Fan Mail Friday. So get your questions in. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.